Through this belief, may you have life in his name. On this second Sunday of Easter, which has become known popularly as Divine Mercy Sunday, the gospel read is always the account of the events of Easter night, as told by the evangelist St. John. What arrests my attention this year in thinking about what transpired in the closed upper room is a detail of the story that might easily be overlooked since you have just heard this text. I don't need to repeat the whole story, but only call to your attention a curious thing the risen Christ did upon entering the room with these frightened apostles. After calming them, peace be with you. St. John says he breathed on them. Receive the Holy Spirit. There's a richness of meaning in that respiration of the risen Christ. Now in the Hebrew language, there's a single word that's used to mean three equivalent things in English, breath, spirit, and wind. Apart from poetry, we don't identify these three as synonymous. However, the apostles would have easily grasped the intended connection of Christ's breathing and the giving of the Holy Spirit. Our Lord's breath carried the Holy Spirit within it. He was conveying the person of the Holy Spirit to the apostles, giving them power to take away men's sins. Now, since no man, but God alone, can forgive offenses done to God, our Lord was creating an instrumental means so that certain men who had received God's Spirit could forgive man's sins. This was the gift given to the church by the risen Christ. If we try to understand God's breath even more deeply, we should look to the first pages of the Bible where we see that when God fashioned the first man out of clay, like an artisan working in pottery, He breathed into that shape that he'd made. And so Adam became a living being, the lifeless corpse of Adam's inert body was brought to life by God's breathing into it. And ever since then, the obvious sign that indicates that someone's alive is his breathing. Now, if we reflect 
and what happened at Calvary when our Lord died upon the cross. We remember it was said that Jesus breathed his last. This was not only a visible, audible sign of his expiring, but it was a mystical sign as well. Christ was breathing out his human soul united to divinity to impart his breath to humanity, his life, humanity which had now been redeemed. The spirit that Christ breathed forth on the cross was not his ordinary breath, but it was supernatural life itself, divine life, which is properly speaking only God's, but which was transpired or respirated into the church, giving men God's supernatural life, life that's beyond man's natural human life of body and soul. And to carry the matter further, you remember that on Pentecost Sunday, when the Holy Spirit descended on the apostles, the same gathering as today's gospel, there was heard again the sound of a great wind, a kind of breath coming from above. This wind indicated the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's on account of this association of breath and Holy Spirit that a priest breathes upon a newly baptized child. It's a sign that there's a divine presence in that soul. Similarly, at the Easter Vigil Mass, celebrated here one week ago, the priest breathed over the baptismal water to impart to it the potency of spiritual life. We could easily elaborate this metaphorical breath and spirit and make allegorical inferences. Breathing in the fresh air of the Holy Spirit, receiving God's grace, we're spiritually sound, healthy. And as an account of that, we can abound in much goodness. This is the risen life of Christ in us. But without the spiritual life's breath, without sanctifying grace, we would yet be spiritually dead in sin. And if we can take in God's sweet breath, we can also exhale what's toxic and noxious in us. Our Lord pointed out the toxins that come out of a man's inner self, so many different forms of evil. Breathing in the good, clean air of God's Spirit is health-giving, and its counter-movement is the releasing of those sinful poisons which do us harm. 
It is in this connection that I refer to the power over sin which our Lord gave to the apostles and his priests when he breathed over them on Easter night. We cannot only breathe in the good graces of God, but we must also breathe out the sins and sinful inclinations we have by our fallen condition through making good confessions. Divine Mercy Sunday is our once-a-year reminder and invitation to be freed from the inner wickedness of our fallen condition. If God is said to have breath, the devil also may be said to have a foul and noxious breath, air which he breathes forth to inspire many kinds of wickedness. The Catholic Church has been supernaturally alive with Christ's breath for these 20 centuries. This spiritual vitality, which is God's, properly speaking, was given by Christ to his priests to raise man's nature to a divine level. Nobody can simulate this or in any way approximate its effect. As something entirely supernatural, it has to be the work of God. From the breath of the dying Christ to his life-imparting breath on Easter night, Christ bestows his grace on mankind through the sacraments. God does not desire the death of the sinner, but that he be converted and be alive. This is the theme of this octave of Easter Sunday.